Are you thankful? We've got so much to be thankful for. A teacher asked the children in her class at Thanksgiving time what they were thankful for, and she was letting them go around and list. And she came to one little boy, and she said, what are you thankful for? And he said, I'm thankful for my glasses. And she said, oh, that's neat. Are you thankful for your glasses because it helps you be able to see? And he said, no. I'm thankful for my glasses because it keeps all the other boys from hitting me and the girls from kissing me. Second Corinthians nine fifteen says, Thanks be to God for his unspeakable free gift. How many of you understand free? I like free. How many of you understand the concept of gift? When you put free and gift together, that's good. Any gift that you receive that isn't free is usually not a gift. It's some kind of a manipulatory situation, is that correct? But when you receive a free gift, but then let's tag on to that what he says, what he calls an unspeakable free gift. And the word unspeakable in this text means something that is indescribable or too wonderful for words. Thanks be to God for his free gift that is too wonderful for words. That's what that verse is saying. Today, I am thankful for that gift. And every gift that God gives us is too wonderful for words. Every gift. But there is one that stands out above all the others that makes it more valuable, I think, than any of the other gifts. And that's the gift of salvation. I'm thankful. Man, every day I pray and I thank God for life. But if I'd never been born, I wouldn't need salvation. But I'm thankful that I was born and that I'm thankful to whom I was born to. And I'm thankful... For the family among whom I was raised. And I'm thankful for the call on my life. I'm thankful for the friends that I enjoy. I'm thankful for the health. I'm thankful for the peace of mind. I'm thankful for the church. I'm thankful for the calling. I'm thankful for so many things. And Jerry, it takes me a long time every day to tell God how thankful and grateful I am. And how little I deserve every bit of it. But above them all, I am thankful for salvation. I'm thankful to be saved From myself. Because I can sure make a mess of me. I am thankful to be saved from me to him for his purpose. And then so that I can celebrate in his victory, his life, his love, and his future for me. I'm thankful for salvation. Nothing like salvation. I was looking at something this week that probably most of you have heard about called the Romans Road to Salvation. It's a basic concept, how ingenious and simplistic it is to point us when we when we can uh, sit down long enough to uh, commit the Romans Road. To our memory, it becomes a very powerful tool for evangelizing and winning people to Christ. The Romans Road is it goes like this. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. 
every person on the planet has sinned. Just by being born into this corrupt world, we are a sinner before we ever take an action or ever commit a deed. But I'll tell you right now that there are children down in the toddler nursery that are living in sin. Thank God they're not to the age of accountability and it won't be held against them should they perish before or the or should Christ come before they're old enough to know what they're doing. But there are kids down there right now that are being greedy, angry, mean. It's just in us, folks. This is who we are. We're hardwired from the moment that we're old enough to take a breath. Our world becomes all about me. Feed me now. Mama said when I was a baby, I would wake up and before she could get me from the bed to the high chair. She was already scrambling the eggs. But before she could get me in the chair. I was screaming my head off. See I have always liked food. This is not a new thing for me. Feed me. What is the word that we learn. After we learn. Mama and dada. Mine. Yeah we know mine. I need to be saved from me. The Romans road, the first part says, for we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's a problem with that because Romans 6.23 says, but sin pays off with death. But God's gift, which is salvation, is eternal life given by Christ Jesus our Lord. But how are we going to get that? Well, Romans 5, 8 said, But God showed how much he loved us by having Christ die for us, even though we were sinful. Okay, there's hope, huh? Romans 10, 9. So you'll be saved if you honestly say Jesus is Lord, and if you believe with all your heart that God raised him from death. And I would insert 1 John 1, 9 here to go along the Romans road that says, If we confess our sins to God, he can always be trusted to forgive us and take our sins away. And then back to Romans 10, 10. God will accept you and save you if you truly believe this and tell it to others. Romans 10, 13. And all who call out to the Lord will be saved. There it is in a nutshell. We just went that quickly from I'm a sinner, I'm in need, but Jesus cared and he provided and I could be saved. And there it is. The nutshell, the, the all of it wrapped together in one perfect package with the bow tied on it that says I can be forgiven says I can have freedom says I can have eternal life that God intended for me I'm thankful for salvation and I want to spend the next couple of minutes telling you about four components that I believe are very uh, very adeptly tied to salvation that are so necessary to the process I'm thankful for salvation and number one, I am thankful for conviction. That's part one of salvation. Conviction. Without conviction, I might ignore the truth. 
What is the truth? The truth is that I must be saved. The truth is that I can be saved. Somebody say amen. The good news, which is the gospel message, which is the truth, says that I can be. I must be and I can be. Without conviction, I might ignore that truth. Because conviction is what sheds light on hidden sin. Conviction is that thing that screams at my spirit to make things right with God. Conviction is that thing that continues to work in me through the Holy Spirit all the days of my life. I'm saved because conviction made me uncomfortable in my flesh until I repented. Salvation was there. It was provided. It was free. It had been paid for by someone else. But without conviction, I would have never seen the necessity of reaching out to get that for myself. Conviction made me uncomfortable in this flesh until I repented and continues to make me uncomfortable in this flesh every time it needs to. I'm thankful for conviction. The second part, the second component to that is I'm thankful for faith. Conviction is what causes me to see that I'm in sin. Faith is the thing that allows me to accept The salvation of Jesus. The scripture said that to every person born there is given a measure of faith. There's a lot of discussions about faith. Some people talk about faith and they say you don't get this, you don't get that because you have a lack of and all that kind of stuff. I'm telling you the bottom line is this. When you are born, you are given a certain measure of faith. You have been been the recipient of... Of what I would call enough faith. Enough faith to move mountains? Nope. That kind of faith comes having utilized faith over a long period of time in your life. You utilize faith over a long period and you begin to have more faith. You say, yeah, but sometimes children have more faith than we do. Well, children have the ability to believe what they are told. Faith is even more difficult the older we get and the smarter we think we are. The more that we know or the more that we think we know, the harder it is for for us to accept the truth. That's the truth. People who are out there believing all kinds of things are struggling really with believing the truth because the truth is Jesus. And they say, we can't believe Jesus. That's too far out there that God created all of these things. Faith is what gives me enough to believe. I act upon that faith and I grow as I develop using that faith. I'm thankful for what I would call the initial faith that's required to make me, to allow me to believe that good news the way that a child does. And this here's what's so cool about This kind of faith, guys, if you've never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, it doesn't take a lot of faith to do it. Just takes a little. Just a just a little faith. Just enough faith to say. I believe Jesus is who he said he was. I believe 
that he died on a cross for me. I believe that he rose again from the dead, just like the Bible says, and 500 people witnessed. I believe that he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, and he's praying for me right now. I believe he's coming back to get me someday, and I'm going to spend the rest of eternity with him. If you can believe that, that's all it takes. Just a little bit of faith. I'm thankful, thirdly, for the component in this configuration. It's called grace. Conviction tells me that I'm a sinner. Faith allows me enough to believe. Grace not only saves me, but will keep me after I'm saved. Oh, since there was no other better word, since there was no other type of adjective that could be concocted, amazing must suffice. Amazing grace. The grace of God is just amazing. No other way that mortals can explain that the God of the universe would love me enough to provide all of this in itself is beyond amazing. But grace is that thing that covers and protects and ensures my relationship with God. I'm thankful for grace. I could talk about grace for a long time today, but I'm going to move on to the fourth one. So there's conviction. Then there's faith. Then there's grace. Then there's power. The power of God. Here's how I would define the power of God. You ready for this? It's an open-ended sentence. The power of God makes me more. More than what? Scripture said more than a conqueror. More than a victor. Basically what it's saying is that the power of God makes me more than anything that the devil could try to throw at me. I'm more than. The power of God which is brought to us by the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus shed on the cross saves, heals, delivers, set free. I mean, it, 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 does, it covers everything. There is power in the blood. Power in the blood to forgive, to call, to save, to equip, to empower, to do everything. And because of the power in the blood, I am more than enough saved. I am more than enough healed. I am more than enough delivered. I am more than enough set free. I am more than enough equipped. I am more than enough defended. I am more than enough kept by God himself. All because of the power that is in the blood of Jesus. It's enough to cover every sickness and situation and circumstance that this life or the devil can ever think to throw at me. Jesus is victorious because of his blood and his blood covers me. And because of that, I have got all the power in the world. I'm super Darren. 
with the cape of grace flowing from my shoulders. Power in the blood makes me more than enough. I'm thankful for conviction that said I'm a sinner. I'm thankful for faith that was enough to get me where I had to go. I'm thankful for grace that will protect that invest. I'm thankful for the power that will eventually make me more than an overcomer. I'm thankful for salvation. I want to tell you a story. Y'all will get this way before we get to the end because you're way too smart. You do it to me every week. The story is about a fella named Walter Wyatt Jr. He had a little airplane and he flew back and forth from Nassau to Miami. Did it a lot. Usually could make the flight in about 65 minutes. December the 5th, 1986 is when this happened to him. He was attempting to make that flight that he had made so many times, but did not realize that thieves had looted and stolen the navigational equipment on his little plane. So he found himself in the air facing a storm with black clouds with only a compass and a handheld radio. He knew he was in trouble. The compass began to gyrate. Walter concluded that he was going in the wrong direction. So he, de- he decided to fly his plane below the clouds so in hopes that he could find something familiar. Just to get his eyes on something. And so he flew below the clouds and realized that he was lost. He put out a mayday call, and that brought a a Coast Guard Falcon search plane. But that plane was coming, and it was going to lead him to an emergency runway. It was only uh, like six miles away from where he was. But before they could get him there, his right engine ran out of fuel, and he knew he was going down. About 8 o'clock at night, he did the only thing he could, and that was he glided that plane into the water. He survived the crash, but the plane sunk. Left him there in the darkness in a leaky life vest with a bloody forehead floating on his back alone. And then he felt it. The bump on his side. And he realized that he wasn't alone. He had a shark there with him that he frantically kicked away and then began to wonder how he would survive this night. Ten hours, guys, ten hours he bobbed up and down in the ocean. Somehow he got through the night. When daylight came, he scanned the sky in hopes that the planes had started to search for him, but he saw nothing in the sky, but he did see something in the water. It was the dorsal fin headed right at him again, to which he twisted his body as it bounced off his side, and he realized as soon as he had kicked that one away that two more bull sharks were slicing through the water in his direction.
he was nearing exhaustion. He's fighting for his life. And finally, in the distance, he hears the sound of an aircraft. When it got within a half a mile or so, he began to frantically wave that orange vest that he'd been using as a flotation device. And he did get the attention of the pilot. And the pilot radioed a ship called the Cape York, which was about 12 minutes away. And the pilot told the captain of the ship, he said, you guys better hurry and get there. This guy is right now being targeted by sharks. So when the Cape York pulled alongside of him and they dropped that Jacob's ladder over the side of the ship, he was more than relieved to grab onto that ladder and wearily climb out of the water upon which they said he, when he got to the deck of the ship, he fell to his knees and kissed the deck because he had been saved. I want you to notice something with me about that story. Three things I thought were very interesting to take from that story. For the more than 10 hours that he spent bobbing up and down in that dark ocean by himself dodging sharks. In that time, he did not need... For anyone to encourage him to be a better person. He didn't need anybody to tell him that he needed to do better. Secondly, he didn't need anyone to share with him better techniques in an attempt to save his life. He was doing the best he could frantically to stay above water. He did not have time for a course in how to survive. I told you you'd get ahead of me. What he needed, and he needed nothing less than, was outside intervention. The only thing that could rescue him from certain death was someone else would have to save him. I said you'd get ahead of me. And there we find ourselves in the story. Go back to the moment that you realized your need for a savior. Bobbing helplessly up and down in the ocean being attacked by sharks. You didn't need somebody to tell you something else. You just needed somebody to offer you a way out. And there was Jesus. You couldn't save yourself because some of you tried. Salvation is just that. You can't do anything except accept it. You, you can't produce it. You can't provide it. You can't protect it. That's the beauty of it all. God's already done everything. You just get to be saved. So simple. You just can't save yourself. Some of you have tried. Some of you are trying. 
if I just get a little better. One of my best friends, one night he and I were together. It was, it was uh, I don't know what all, I, you know, I hate to tell all my old stories. But come the next morning, when we both woke up and looked around, we said, we need to stop all this. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It ain't normal to wake up in the back of a pinto and not know how you got there. I did it to you again, Pam, two weeks in a row. (laughs) He says to me, I think we need to get our lives right. I said, I think we do too. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going back down to the church and I'm going to ask God to forgive me. Get my mind right. And he said, well, that's a good idea. I think what I'll do is I'm going to go try to get my life together and get myself straightened out and then I'm going to get saved. Guess who made it and guess who didn't? Was I better? Nope. Not no better. Just as desperate, maybe more so. Flailing and I'll never forget it. Gave my heart to Jesus when I was seven years old, but I ran away from the Lord about as hard as you could go up till I about 19. And I remember one night or one Sunday morning over in Joplin, Missouri. Big church. The man preached, saved so as by fire. Whew, it was hot in there that day, Greg. As soon as he gave people a chance, I said, I'm going to step out. I mean, there's a lot of, I thought there was thousands of people there. I, you'd have thought, you know, I thought, man, there was thousands of people there. It was probably several hundred. But I remember stepping out in the aisle and heading down that altar and thinking to myself with every step that I took, I really don't give a rip what anybody thinks. I got to get down there because I need to be saved from me. I got to get myself straight. And I remember how good it felt after I prayed that simple prayer and got up and realized. I'm all right. I'm going to heaven. He still loves me. I just felt his presence. I'm thankful for salvation. I'm thankful for what all it means. So I come back to our text in 2 Corinthians 9.15. Where Paul, who if anybody ever understood that, like you and I understand it, understood it. When he says, thanks be to God for his unspeakable free gift. It is a gift that is too wonderful for words. And he's providing it to me for free. I don't have to be me no more. I can be who he sent me here to be. I can live a life of clarity and purpose and vision and success. I can get up every day and be excited about something that God has me in pursuit of. I don't have to aimlessly wander from place to place and find myself in the back of a pinto no more. Might have been a pacer. That's even worse. I don't know what it was. I'm 
thankful for salvation. If you haven't experienced that, then today's your day. You don't have to leave here without knowing of what we speak. All you have to do is trust Christ. Pray that simple prayer. Lord, I'm sorry for my sins. I mean, the prayer is a whole lot quicker than the Romans road. The prayer is simply, Lord, I'm sorry for my sins. Forgive me for my past. I want to live for you. Boom. Done. You're getting the words out of your mouth and he's already got the quill out. He's writing the name in the Lamb's Book of Life. This one isn't perfect. In fact, they don't know squat. They haven't been baptized yet. They're not filled with the Holy Spirit. They're going to mess up all day tomorrow. But let's get the name down here in ink. Well, God, what if they don't make it? We'll need an eraser. I got faith in them because the blood of my son is more powerful. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. If y'all was Pentecostals, you've been up right now. You're just holding back, aren't you? Because you are Pentecostals. Just reminding you. Today, some people are going to acknowledge the decision that they've made sometime within the recent past to give their heart to Christ and they're going to follow him in water baptism in this service and in the next we're going to be baptizing people it's an, it's an incredible thing if you if if you haven't accepted Christ as your savior today is great because you get to receive Christ as your savior and the next time we do this then you're going to be the one in the tank and what's going to happen is when you get there what you're doing is you're showing the world it's an amazing thing I was reading about it this week in Colossians what happens is that is that you go under and when you go under the water That symbolizes the old you died and was buried. When you come up out of the water, that's symbolic. Are you ready for this? Of the power in the blood of Jesus that raised Christ from the dead. That's what some folks get to do here today. I'm going to, if you're going to be baptized today, Pastor Brian is standing back here at the door. I want if you're being baptized in this service, I want you to get up during this prayer time, head back there to him. He's going to take you back and show you how to get prepared. But I but I want us to have a time of prayer. If you're being baptized, get with him pretty quick. The rest of you keep your attention because there's something very important happening in this room. The Holy Spirit is convicting people. Part one of the salvation process is going on right now. Part two, faith is being initiated in their soul along with conviction that they're sensing. Part three, grace is getting ready to take over. And four, power is getting ready to begin to happen in that person's life. They're about to receive Christ and have their sins forgiven. They're about to start a whole new life. I want to ask everybody in this room, if you would, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment? I want to ask our prayer team members if you would if you would make your way out right now and scatter out all around the sanctuary. Would you do that? I, I need, you know, two or three in the front and then hit the corners here. 
The reason I say that is because it, it, it is easier, for, depending on where you're sitting, it is easier to get to someone close than it is to come all the way to the front. You're welcome to come to the front. Love for you too, but if you want to receive Christ as your Savior today, these individuals know how to lead you there. They know how to pray you there. They know how to help you. And they're going to they're gonna take the initiative today to lead you to Christ. And then to get that information so that we can walk with you down this path. Pastor Neil has written a song. God has given him a song for this day and for this series. And he's going to lead that song and as he does it's a perfect song for a day like this as he leads us in that song I'm going to ask you if if that is you and that conviction if all those things are working in your heart I, I want and you're saying I want to come to Christ today then I'm going to implore you when he starts just get up out of your seat and get to one of these men or women get to one of them they're, they're, they just are and they're so excited they're anticipating this moment of being able to share with you your first birthday so don't let this moment get by. Don't let it get past you. But hop up out of that seat. Get to one of them and say, I'm that person that God's in here today. I'm ready to give my heart to Christ. And everybody else in the building, I'm going to ask if you would just enter into a season of prayer. Would you do that? Pray for those people right now. You remember what it was like. You remember how hard it was to get up in front of people. Would you pray that God will give them the courage to take that step? There's already somebody waiting for them. But give them the courage to take the step. Neil, lead us and we'll, and we'll pray. God bless you all.